Welcome Pasta! to Middle Age Tribune. Pasta! Middle Ochre. Middle Ochre. Let's do Middle this again. Ochre. Let's try this again. Oh, that's not good. Three. Medium age and Middle Ochre. <laughs> Medium. Mid- Hi, we're us. mediocre you did it i'm cash i'm proud of you thanks that's I'm, joel i'm joel he's proud of me yep and we're day. here today to solve some mysteries good we've both got our mystery hat solving hats uh-huh. on you're the wayne's world kind My, of guy you're a social distortion kind yes of guy. So we're here to solve mysteries uh we're gonna be going i'm scooby-doo and you're shaggy <laughs> we're going to be all right that'd be your line Joinks? No, that's not what he said. What did Shaggy say? Oh, I'm Scooby. Yeah, you're Scooby. Oh, yeah, he said Rock Rock Rocky, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he would be like, uh, not Joinks. Um, oh fuck! Because Daffy would say Jinkies. This is our first mystery. What did Shaggy, <laughs> what say? Did Shaggy say? He said like he'd be like, oh Scooby. Oh, he said something. <laughs> fuck that hippie. He was so high all the time. Um, On the Scooby snacks. Over the next few episodes, we're going to be diving into the Unsolved Mysteries iceberg. Head first. Head first. With uh, our hats on. Both it's feet, okay. Both we, feet forward, head first. We have our mystery solving hats on. So if, okay. if you're unfamiliar with uh, icebergs. I thought you were going to say I'm familiar with hats. If you're familiar with hats, we're going to solve that mystery, too. <laughs> hats were made. What do I do with this? No, icebergs are, uh, there's a bunch of them online. They cover topics. Ask Titanic about icebergs. They cover every topic. Oh. They start with, like, the most well-known okay. uh, thing stories under that topic, and then they work themselves down to, like, very unknown. So we're going to do... Almost like a pyramid. Kind of like a pyramid, so a, a cold pyramid. This is an iceberg scheme. An ice pyramid. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So we're gonna cover ten an episode. We're gonna do fifty total. Ten. And that's out of thousands. Okay. On there. So uh, I will post the link to the iceberg in the description of this video if you want to explore it yourself. Because we are not going to do all thousands of them. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of work. That would be our whole show yeah. from here on out. Uh, narrowing down the first tier of the iceberg to 10 was pretty damn difficult. Uh, we are also going to uh, cover these uh, just kind of on the surface of the iceberg. Uh, some of these we may end up doing full episodes about later, um, but we are going to uh, just give you the the overview of some of these. Yeah. So, and we're going to see... Just if- the taste. If you, want, if you want to take a big old bite out of it... Then that's up to you. Yeah. On that iceberg, there are a lot of uh Don't topics. bite an actual iceberg. That probably would break your teeth. Probably. Yeah. I'm Look not, it a little bit first. I'm not get a it. Dentist. Get it, you know. Like an ice cream cone. You just gotta keep licking it. Work your way down. <laughs> I don't know if there's like a I'm sure there is like a dentist named Dennis. 
Oh, I'm sure. Dennis T. Dentist? Yes, Dennis. Dennis T. Dent- <laughs> the? His middle name is The? <laughs> Dennis the Dentist? So, you uh, be a menace to society. Well, drinking his orange juice. Yep. In, in the, the hood. hood. <laughs> in the hood. Uh, Under a hat. One of the individuals that is a client where I work came in wearing a don't be a menace to whatever to society while drinking your own juice in the hood yeah. like jacket that was one of those like uh starter jackets that like you know the puffy ones like the puffy ones but that, it was for the movie it was for the movie it had wow. a giant picture of marlon wayne's holding out like a gun the water gun and he was asking like me if it was brains. okay to wear it and i was like you can't wear that man i was uh, like what size was it you think i can get it <laughs> I know it was pretty awesome. I bought, I found that on VHS, and when I took it out of the little box, it wasn't the right ah, movie. It just happened heart. to me. Broke my heart. Yeah, it is heartbreaking. I check them every time. The lady at today at Ring started checking them. I was like, I, they've been checked, ma'am. She's like, some people won't even check them. This is a flea market. I was like, they've been checked. <laughs> they've been checked. <laughs> that was that last uh, round I got. Hurts, I, I checked all of them except for the easiest one to check. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like a flip open it was a cover. Book. He just yeah. flip open the cover. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't check it, and it was not the right one. Oh, you said with that video, and you realize it in the video. In the video. I can hear your heart breaking. Yeah, I was pretty sad. It's like you go through all the emotions. You were like mad. You're like, well, I'll just keep looking, and I'll find the That's tape. Exactly to go in right. There. I saw. I kept. I threw away the "Don't Be a Menace" box, but I kept the "Nightmare on Elm Street" one box that I bought, and it wasn't that. Not that hurt way that, more than that Don't does be a Menace hurt society. I mean, I still feel that pain every morning I wake up. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, I almost had Nightmare on Elm Street 1 on VHS. But I kept the box. I have the box. If anyone out there has the tape, and if it's complete, fucking throw your box away and just give me the tape. Just <laughs> or the, keep the box, because then you have you still have the free box yeah, yeah, and the tape of the box. box. No, I don't want them to keep the box. Oh, I mean, you <laughs> I don't give it to you. Oh, though. okay. That have an extra box. And if anybody has just the VHS tape of Missing in Action, <laughs> I need that. <laughs> or the box for Missing in Action, One too. One person's listening. They're like, I got all of it. Hundred dollars. No. They're coming back. We're not paying. I know the price. They're coming back. <laughs> Yeah, if you ever talk to Joel, first thing he's going to let you know is VHS tapes are coming back. They're coming back. Which, I mean, i got to agree with. They're on the way. One just fell in your room right now. I hope it, they don't come back, though, so we can keep buying them cheap. I have seen a lot of people that do custom ones, like for brand new movies. Yeah. And well, I, really, I should see that thing for they're doing, like, the horror movies at Spirit Halloween. Yeah. I need to check that out. I do, too. Not a bad price, like 15 bucks. Yeah, I could buy it. If they had Nightmare on Elm Street there, I could buy it, get rid of their little clamshell case, and put it into my... I do kind of feel like, though, it's like, this isn't real. Like, this isn't the original. It's a little dirty. <laughs> it's a little bit, bit yeah. Bit. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit dirty. Yeah. All right. But they're coming back. Well... They're on their way. Speaking of dirty... I have 1,200 of them up on my shelves around my house. Let's get down and dirty and okay. solve some unsolved let's mysteries. Let's do it. So, we're going to start. Uh, some of these you're going to know. Okay. Some of them you won't. Wake me up when it's one I don't know. Okay, we're going to start with one you do. Okay. So, stay awake. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll try. Oh, wait. You're going to sleep through the ones you do know. Yeah, yeah Okay, yeah. so try to stay awake <laughs> for this one. So, we're going to start. Sweet dreams, little angel. With the 2016 clown sightings. Oh, okay, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. So, it was a case of mass hysteria fueled by reports. I don't understand that. Like, it's, I would... I saw, I saw this. People wanted attention, and I wouldn't give them the attention. <laughs> I would just maybe flip them off, like, hey, clown, fuck you, and then go about my day. But go on. I was very annoyed by it. Uh, it was 
case of mass hysteria fueled by reports of people disguised as evil clowns in incongruous settings. What's the difference between an evil clown and a good clown? Aren't all clowns evil? Uh, I would like to think so. I I definitely think so. I don't think there's any good intention. I don't think I'd ever see a clown be like, oh, wow, a clown. Like, every clown I'd ever see, I'd be like, you evil motherfucker. No, you are trying to, I think, become a clown. Oh, you, yeah. You got the shaved head up top, the hair on the bit. sides. I cut it a little bit. The other day when you came in, you had to, like, yeah, a couple weeks spike ago. it out. You had the crusty, was hot sweaty, the crusty yeah. vibes going yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> you'd be a fun party clown, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'd get too drunk, start crying or yeah. something. <laughs> well, and that's, I think, you know, that's the original idea of a clown, I think, is, like, they have all the sad clowns. Yeah. So. Send in the clowns. So. Probably. Sure. We solved that mystery. So the incidents were reported in the United States, Canada, Australia, England, uh, and then other countries, and territories starting during, starting during August 2016. Uh, the sightings were first reported in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and what turned out to be a marketing was stunt. it your business? Yeah, it was not your business. Oh, are you sure? Solved it. I mean, she's a clown. Yeah. Uh, this first report turned out to be a marketing stunt for a horror film. So the phenomenon later spread to many other cities in the U.S. By mid October 2016, clown sightings and attacks had re- been reported. Attacks? In, in nearly all. I US didn't know states. the clowns were getting physical. Sometimes. Oh. Some of it turned into more than just. And I guess that'd be a good way to rob someone. And I think there was cases of, like, people attacking the clowns. Yeah, that's what I would think more. Yeah. Like some, like, redneck fuck is Irish. George, because, you know. Yeah, you're, don't you're... try to make me happy, clown. <laughs> I'm the boss of my happiness. Get him. Or, you know, if you're trying to be proactive, you see a, a clown, clown being yeah. creepy and weird. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stop you before you murder people. Sure, I've seen, I've seen it. I know about John Wayne Gacy. Yep. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen all of them. I've seen the original TV one, got it on VHS, and I saw the the remake they did. It won and it too. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> solve that mystery. What movies have Joel, has Joel watched? <laughs> well, buckle up. <laughs> so they've been reported in nearly all U.S. states, nine out of the 13 provinces and territories of Canada, and 18 other countries. Uh, prior to the incidents in 2016, numerous sightings of people dressed as clowns in odd or in various se- settings have occurred throughout the world since 2013. Uh, tons of videos and images of these precursor sightings spread through social media posts and viral sharing of the content. One possible precursor event was the 2000 sightings of a creepy clown in Northampton, England. The Northampton clown sightings, which were in the town during September and October ter- 13th, 2013 were the work of three local filmmakers, Alex Powell, Elliot Simpson, and Lake Ubansky. Yeah, I wouldn't have a name. Didn't that clown have a name or something? Uh, just the Northampton clown. Okay. Uh, but they shared similar. It shared similar looks to Pennywise, the clown from Stephen King's book It. Uh, the trio started a Facebook page for the so-called Northampton clown. Now, for the record, fuck books. No, <laughs> I like books. They're coming back. Books. <laughs> books are coming back. <laughs> uh, Sometimes I see pictures of books on sale on Facebook, and for a second I'm like, oh, these tapes, and I see their books, I'm like, god damn yeah. you, books! Flea markets, I'll see books from across the way, and I'll be like, ooh, v- ah, you got me again, books. You know, I like books. Uh, yeah. You know, but sometimes I just want a VHS tape. But I've already got so many books I need, yeah, to, yeah. need to read. Uh, March 2014, Matteo Maroni from Perugia? Any idea where Perugia is? Uh, I think Indiana. 
That's another mystery. <laughs> Owner of the YouTube channel DM Pranks began dressing up as an evil clown and terrifying unsuspecting passengers. See, I, I would definitely beat someone's ass yeah. if they tried to scare me as a clown. Yeah. If you pop out like, of If me. you're just like a clown standing on a corner waving to people, like whatever. whatever. I'm going to ignore you. I'm not giving you the attention you want. Go fuck yourself. If you pop out at me yeah, somewhere, though, yeah, you're getting punched in the face. Yeah. You're, in yeah. your big red nose. And it's going to squeak. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and I'm going to feel good about it. Uh, a rash of sightings appeared in California in October 2014, which centered upon the Wasco clown. Uh, primarily occurred in Wasco. Oh, I think it's probably Wasco, California. I like Wasco. Uh, He's a Wascoly Wasco. Then there was the 2014 documentary Killer Legends, which is a very good documentary made by the same people that made the documentary Cropsy. Uh, and have a new movie out on Amazon that I saw. Oh, well, good for them. Uh, they traveled to Chicago to explore the previous clown panics that swept the city in 91, and again in 2008, linking them to serial killer John Wayne Gacy. It was around this time in 2014 that some of the first clown sightings appeared in the U.S., including early sightings in Staten Island, New York. A person in clown attire who was spotted in a cemetery in Chicago in July 2015 uh, this occurrence involved two residents who spotted the creepy clown scaling the gate at Rose Hill Cemetery late at night. After the clown entered the cemetery, they turned to face the residents and began waving slowly as they made a video recording it. After waving for a few seconds, the clown ran into a dark wooded area and was not seen again. Police investigated, but did not lead harmless. to any arrests. That's just harmless. Yes, you know. Uh, Some fucking nerd just wanted, I want someone to pay attention to me. <laughs> there were tons of reports that these Start clowns... Start a podcast, nerd! There were tons of reports that these clowns were trying to lure children uh, without any kind of actual evidence yeah, or proof. Yeah. Um, a Facebook page was created shortly after a 2016 incident claiming that a clown was named Gags and had been going around vacant parking lots at night uh, looking for people to abduct. Uh, in the days that followed, the pictures were discussed on numerous news outlets, including Fox News and USA Today. That most likely led to others Copy mimicking clowns. this. Copy clowns. Copy clowns. According to the New York Times, the clown sightings resulted in at least 12 arrests across the United States and one death. Imagine getting arrested for dressing up as a clown. <laughs> I mean, good. Arrest them all, but just like, what are you in for? Clownery. <laughs> <laughs> Clowning around. Clowning around. Uh, always makes me think of that Always Sunny episode where Dee's dating the white rapper who could be special. Yeah. Dudes. He's like, damn, girl, it's your crew, they ain't clowns. <laughs> In early October 2016, uh, or wait, so uh, yeah, they were uh, 12 arrests, one death. In Reading, Pennsylvania, a 16 year old boy was fairly stabbed during an incident Ugh. that could have been provoked by a prowler wearing a clown mask. Uh, the charges related to the sightings included making false reports, threats, and chasing people. Throughout this time, internet social media sites received numerous postings related to the phenomenon. The World Clown Association President Randy Christensen. There is a World Clown Association. <laughs> Not only am I a member, I'm, I'm the, the president. president. <laughs> honk, honk! honk. <laughs> uh, I they, mean, you know my stance on clowns. I, I mean, I got that the sad clown painting up in uh -huh. my house. I have a couple clown paintings up in my house. I mean... I'm not scared of them. I kind of, you know, I like sad clowns. You're a creepy flan, uh, creepy flan, flan fan of them. I'm, yep, I'm a flan. Yeah. I'm a flan of, yeah, I like sad clowns. Uh, not scary, creepy clowns, just the sad ones. So he took a stance against the current trend of people dressing up as clowns to frighten people. 
Uh, Finally, an expert has spoken. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone was up there. What does the president of the Cloud Association (laughs) say about this? Randy's like, well, let me get off work at 10. I would hope in his like video statement or whatever, he's dressed as a clown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Circuses were affected. Uh, In October 2016, McDonald's decided that Ronald would keep a lower profile. (laughs) Uh, a sociologist has called 2016, quote, a bad time to be a professional clown. <laughs> the killer clown craze was linked uh, to a significant increase in sales of clown suits in and near Glasgow, Scotland. During some Hallow- during Halloween, some Floridians decided to go armed while trick-or-treating because of it. Fucking Florida, man. So, on October 12th, the Russian embassy in London issued a warning for Russian and British citizens because of a- the clown scare. October 13th, uh, Fiji, the police in Fiji warned people against involvement in the events. Like, there was a bunch of uh, shit about several New Zealand shops withdrew clown costumes from their shelves. In the United States, the East Side Union High School District, the the West Milford School District, Ohio School District, and Springsboro Community Schools issued a blanket ban on all clown costumes, (laughs) which... Were they already, like... Yeah. Did they already let kids show up as clowns if they wanted? Uh, Targets pulled clown masks I mean, from Steve its websites. Went to clown school. Steve-O did? Yeah, he graduated from oh, that's right, clown yeah. school. By October 25th, 2016, several news outlets reported on an alleged clown-initiated purge or attack that was supposed to be taking place on Halloween Eve of 2016. Uh, while there were no widespread purge attacks as threatened, a family from Florida was attacked on October 31st, 2016 by a group of approximately 20 people in clown masks. But no arrests were made. So I don't know how 20 people attack. I guess clowns, they, yeah. they had, good, uh, had good costumes. Flash mob. Uh, and finally... Uh, they all jump out of one little car. They're <laughs> first like, look at all these clowns. And all their and stab, stab, yeah. stab. So yeah, I figure like it was probably a big cause of this. Yeah. Uh, well, I do remember when this was happening. And I was uh, pretty annoyed by it. Just, just annoyed by the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Just, uh, yeah. Well, I'm annoyed by most things, but this especially the clowns. It's just I, like, I'm not gonna say I've never had a problem with clowns. I like sad clowns, but like any other clowns, I just ignore. Like, yeah. Go away. Just hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Although I do feel like if I, I like, feel like the circus has a lot more problems than just clowns. I mean, animal abuse, like yeah. clowns. Like just shut circuses down. But I feel like if I opened my door tonight and there was a clown across the street just staring at my house, like, so I'm supposed to just be like, all right, that's cool. I'm just going to go ahead and keep doing what I usually do. Yeah. Or am I, like, I should be allowed to go. I might go and be like, you got a problem? Step on his big shoes. Yeah, and then if the clown fucking starts and Push shit, him over I while standing yeah, on his big shoes. Would, like, come right back up. Laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So that turned out across the street for me. It was just one of those little bop bag things. Oh, Okay. So, number two here uh, is a kidnapping in L.A. caught on a ring doorbell cam. Uh you familiar with this at all? Because it's kind of terrifying. L.A. or kidnapping? Uh, this particular. Nah, so I know ring cameras. I, they, they get some pretty good, cool stuff on there. Uh, on November 12, 2019, a woman's chilling screams cut through the darkness in Los Angeles. Uh, screaming, help me, somebody please help me. Uh, the woman's desperate pleas for help were caught on a video by a ring doorbell camera affixed to a neighbor's home. 
According to a news release issued by the LAPD, the incident occurred in the 3000 block of 3rd Avenue. In the, woman, the, in the video, the woman can be heard screaming moments before her vehicle races into and then back out of the frame. The LAPD said witnesses described seeing what is believed to be a white four-door Toyota Prius with two people inside speeding southbound on 3rd Avenue. Witnesses told police the victim, described as a black woman with dark braided hair, was sitting in the vehicle's front passenger seat while the male suspect was in the driver's seat. Uh, one, vic- one witness said the victim was screaming as her hair was being pulled backward. Another witness told police they saw plastic wrap over the front passenger side window. Witnesses say the suspect was heard yelling, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, as the car sped off. LAPD Detective Megan Aguilar told the Washington Post that, she, that when officers arrived on scene, they did not find any potential victims or suspects. It wasn't until the next day that officers received the video. Uh, in the video, like, it's if you YouTube it, uh-huh. Uh, just look for like woman kidnapped on ring door cam or whatever. Like it's if it's a legit people. Some people think it's a hoax. Yeah, just somebody was doing it just for shits and giggles. It, if not, like it is like terrifying to hear her. I mean, she's terrified. Scared. And huh. like the neighbor, like the door cam that catches it. Like as you hear the screaming, that neighbor like walks out and is standing there, and then you see like a car fly by while she's screaming. And then just keeps going. So, like, very possible that that was a legit kidnapping. And it was, you know, you, yeah, you well, hear you that. the cops would be able to, like, maybe pick up their trail with other surveillance cameras. There's so many cameras out now. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that they just kind of keep looking. Yeah. But it's still not, nobody, nobody huh. knows what happened. Number three, this one's going to take us back. What if it was a clown? Could be. Oh, These my could all God. Be. Uh, Are we using our new music on this episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, By cool. the way, new intro. Thank you to uh, Travis Graham. Yeah, I just thought about that. For the new intro music. The Scary Clouds made me think of 80s horror movies. Yeah. And that made me think of Travis and our new music. Okay. He got a hold of us like right after I posted it, had it to us within like 10 minutes. Yeah, he's a good guy. It was awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. He did our uh, original artwork uh-huh. uh, with the, the uh, cemetery yeah. stuff. And, yeah. Talent. Talent, that guy. All right, number three here is a fellow. It's no mystery how awesome <laughs> Travis is. Uh, check out his band, Triceratops. Yeah. Uh, you can find them on Spotify. Uh, so number three here is a fellow named Albert Johnson. Uh, he was born sometime between 1890 and 1900, and he lived until... 1894? He could have been born then. 1896. Maybe. 1898. No. 1907. No. Okay. All right, we narrowed it down. The mystery? We narrowed it down. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. He lived to uh, the year 1932. All right. He was also known as the Mad Trapper of Rat River. He, that's a hell of a nickname. <laughs> I feel like most nicknames, they, they should try to like shorten it so you know, but that's... That's a good one, though. It's a little long. Yeah. The Mad Trapper. We don't, we don't call people the Mad... No. You know, blank, blank, blank anymore. Yeah, we need to. blank. Uh, he was a fugitive whose actions stemmed from a trapping dispute uh, and eventually sparked a huge manhunt in the Northwest Territories in Yukon in northern Canada. Uh, the event became a media circus as Albert Johnson eluded the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, sent to take him into custody, which ended after a 150-mile pursuit lasting more than a month and a shootout in which Johnson was fatally wounded on the Eagle River, Yukon. Uh, Albert Johnson is is suspected to have been a pseudonym, and his true identity remains unknown to this day. He arrived 
in Fort McPherson after coming down the Peel River on July 9th, 1931. He was questioned by the RCMP Constable Edgar Millen, but provided little information. He was just some random dude that kind of wandered down into the fort. Millen thought he had a Scandinavian accent, generally kept himself clean-shaven, and seemed to have plenty of money for supplies. After venturing the waterways in an indigenous-built raft to the Mackenzie River Delta, he built a small little cabin on the banks of the Rat River. Uh, he had not re- acquired a trapping license, which I feel is weird that they had those in the 1930s. Yeah. I just feel like trapping would have been like a thing you did. Yeah. But. To live, to survive. Uh, it was considered odd for someone living out in the wilderness like that that they wouldn't have a trapping license. At that time, many uh, northern native traditional trapping areas were being invaded by outsiders fleeing the Great Depression, and complaints had been made uh, to remove him from the area. In December, indigenous trappers complained to the local RCMP detachment that Johnson was tampering with their traps, tripping them, and hanging them on the trees. Uh, the RCMP investigated, but they found an entirely different story. Evidently, Johnson had roughly told them to take off, and he pointed a gun at them when they came to question him, which is a good way to deal with That's how you have most conversations. Yeah. Like, that's a good point, but also, get the fuck out but of here. But you considered gun. this gun. Yeah. Uh, on December 26th, Constable Alfred King and Special Constable Joe Bernard, each of whom had considerable northern experience, trekked the 70 miles or 60 miles to Johnson's cabin to ask him about the allegations. They saw smoke coming from this chimney, so they approached him, approached it to talk to him in his cabin. He refused to talk to them, uh, barely even acknowledged their existence. Uh, King looked into the cabin window, at which point J- Johnson placed a sack across it. The two constables eventually decided to return uh, and get a search warrant. They returned five days later with two other men. Johnson again refused to talk, and eventually King decided to enforce the warrant and force the door down. As soon as he began to, Johnson shot him through the wooden door. A brief firefight broke out. The team managed to return the wounded uh, uh, Alfred King, where he eventually was uh, he recovered. So they formed a posse, nine men, 42 dogs. Wow. 20 pounds of dynamite. <laughs> Which they were going to use to blast him out of the cabin if necessary. Which, you know. Well, I don't think you need that in the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> did not, I mean. Uh, after, after surrounding the cabin, they thawed the dynamite inside their coats. Uh, they threw a charge onto the roof, uh, collapsing it in the explosion. After the explosion, the men rushed in. Johnson opened fire. He had dug out a five-foot little hole. Foxhole. Yeah. So uh, he did, after he took started firing, he didn't hit anybody. There was a 15-hour standoff, uh, but there was negative 40-degree weather at the time. Ooh. So the posse retreated. Again, the RCMP, uh, they uh, contradict this. They claim that the dynamite charge barely damaged the cabin, but was later, the cabin was later, Destroyed on purpose to prevent him to return to it. Uh, so, uh, the uh, getting desperate, they hired a World War One flying ace, Wilford Wap May, of Canadian Airways, to help in the hunt. Because Johnson, at this point, had taken off. Uh, he arrived in a new plane on February 5th. Uh, May was able to track him down. 
Well, on February 14th, he discovered the tactics Johnson had been using to elude his followers. He noticed a set of footprints leading off the center of the frozen surface of the Eagle River to a bank. Johnson had been following uh, caribou tracks in the middle of the river where they walked in order to give them better visi- give him better visibility of approaching predators. Uh, walking in their tracks had hidden his footprints and allowed him to travel quickly on the compacted snow. Uh, the pursuit team rounded a bend um, by February 17th in the river to find Johnson only a few hundred yards ahead. He attempted to run for the bank, but he was not wearing his snowshoes and could not make it. A firefight broke out, pew, pew, pew. Uh, which were again, Alfred King was seriously wounded. Uh, but this time, Johnson was killed after being shot in the left side of the pelvis. It is believed that the bullet passed through vital tissues, bowels, and main artery. His dick. His dick. Uh... <laughs> So, his identity, though, has never been uncovered. They have no idea who he actually is. Um, He's the mad trapper of some fucking river. He was just some dude that showed up one day uh, and basically terrorized Canada's wildlife. And people didn't like him being around. He basically just, he was cartman. Whatever, I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I feel like in the 1930s was probably a pretty common, like in the yeah. early days before internet and phones and everything. I feel like it was a pretty common occurrence for people to just show up and be like, ah, my name's Todd. That's now, all you need to know. Me. I want all this. Yeah, this is mine now. Until you stop me. And they stopped him. Uh, all right. Number four here is the disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley. Uh, she was born May 12, 1974. Uh, she went missing during a, a Caribbean cruise on the Royal Caribbean International cruise ship in late March of 1998. At the age of 23, yeah. her whereabouts remain unknown to this day. She was. Uh, well, she fell overboard. That's what. I mean, they think maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, after midnight on Monday, March 23rd. After midnight, we're going to fall overboard. After midnight on, Mar- on Monday, March 23rd, 1998, Amy and her younger brother Brad headed to the ship's nightclub to go dancing. Uh, records show that Brad decided to return to his cabin earlier than Amy. The ship's door lock records show that Brad had entered his cabin around 3.35 a.m. And Amy soon followed five minutes later. The two chatted before heading to bed. Amy's father, Ron, awoke around 6 a.m. to check on his daughter only to find her missing from the balcony she had earlier slept on. I figured it out. Oh, wait, but there's door records. I was going to say she probably went to puke off the side of the boat, fell over, got ate by a shark. Okay. Now she's a mermaid. So when authorities were alerted now she's a mermaid, yeah. that she was missing, uh, the Coast Guard conducted a four-day search in the surrounding waters and along the cruise lines to no result. Authorities began to speculate that she may have fallen overboard and drowned, but investigators have rejected this theory as Amy was known to be a strong swimmer and yeah, searchers turned up no sign of her. You can't. You can be a strong swimmer and when you're fucking super drunk at six something in the morning, I mean, that's your, where are you swimming to? True, true. So prior to the disappearance on March 21st, 1998, Amy and her family boarded the cruise towards Caraco. Uh... Like I said, they her and her brother decided to stay up late dancing at the nightclub, drinking some booze, listening to the ship's band Blue Orchid. I'm sure they're I'm sure they've got some hits. They probably did a lot of covers. One of the band's members, Alistair Douglas, otherwise known as Yellow, was drinking with Amy the night where that night where he claimed that uh, he left the party at around 1 a.m. At the time, a videographer known as Chris Fenwick was also able to capture the moment where Amy and Yellow were di- Yellow were dancing. 
after a couple of hours, Brad, you know, he turned in early for the night. Uh, uh, Amy came back a few minutes after he did. Between the times of 5.15 and 5.30 on March 1998, Amy's father, Ron, woke up, went to check on the status. Uh, he told local papers he could see her her legs from her hips down in her bed between 5.15 and 5.30. Uh, so then he went back to sleep. Uh, the balcony door was closed because if it hadn't been closed, I would have gotten up and closed it, he said. When he got up at 6 a.m., however, she was missing along with her cigarettes and lighter. So she could have went outside to smoke. Yeah. He later said, I left to try to go and up and find her. When I couldn't find her, I didn't really know what to think because it was very much unlike her to leave and not tell us where she was going. He searched the common areas of the cruise. Then he woke up the rest of the family and told them she was missing. This was around 630. Uh, Amy's family immediately reported the missing case to the onboard crew. Uh, they made an announcement to try to get everybody to help find her. Uh, that's when the police and the Coast Guard got involved. The Coast Guard conducted a four-day search, like I said. There's been numerous possible sightings uh, of her on different islands where people have said they've seen her. Uh, also, a bunch of people on the ship had made different claims of when they saw her last. Uh, in more recent years, her case has been revisited a couple of times. Um, the cold case is resurfaced on America's Most Wanted and on an episode in Dr. Phil. In the fall of 99... If Dr. Phil can't solve this shit, what chance do we have? <laughs> That's very true. Uh, Amy's parent, uh, in the fall of 99, Amy's parents received an email from a safe, self-proclaimed Navy SEAL officer, Frank Jones. Navy SEALs. He told the family that he was a former U.S. Army special officer with a team of experienced soldiers who might be able to rescue Amy. Jones. Expendables? <laughs> yes. This is the plot of the new Expendables. <laughs> Jones had claimed that his team had seen Amy being held by heavily armed Colombian personnel in a housing complex. Surrounded by barbed wire. The team also gave an accurate description of Amy's tattoos and sang the lullaby that Amy's mother used to sing for her. What? Over the next few months, Frank would feed news to the family and provide reports on sightings of their daughter. When Jones told them they were going to attempt a rescue, he added that more funds were needed. Oh, yeah. The Bradleys sent Jones a total of $210,000 oh, to fund the setup for her search. Uh, and they expected a call. Just read a bunch of stories about her. I'm yeah. sure there was interviews with moms. Oh, every night I sang to her. You know, I'm too sexy as a lullaby, and her tattoos of "Where's the beef on her arm" will always make me sad. So you you know the story? <laughs> oh, I know it like the back of my hand, friend. Uh, this guy's an asshole for just fucking like just taking advantage of these this people's like desperation and just sadness over losing their daughter. Yeah, so of course, like why would Colombians just be holding her like without making the ransom demand? <laughs> like they just they just got gotcha. like, you. Just yeah, know, I mean, I guess you're desperate to believe like where's anything. The, it's the where's the beef tattoo? They're like, we gotta find the beef, and she knows where it is. Like, with this, tattoo. <laughs> this, this lady knows. And she just hummed, "I'm too sexy." Over and over again. That was a lullaby. Her mom sang to her. Um, Solved. So, of course, this guy made up the story. In February 2002, uh, he was charged with defrauding the Bradleys. Uh, So I think shit like that guy, he needs to go to jail for life. He ended up going for five years. That's fucked up, man. Just to prey on people like that. They're just so desperate and so broken from losing a family member like that. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think they would be willing to pretty much do yeah. 
Currently, the FBI is offering a reward of up to $25,000 for any information that could potentially lead to the recovery of her uh, or leads to an arrest for this boat. or conviction. Too sexy for this boat. Uh, so, yeah, she most likely fell overboard. That's what I would say. I yeah. mean, chances are if you're on a cruise ship. I, mean, I guess like a crew member could like murder her and hit her somewhere on the boat. But then like once you get back to port, how are you getting that body out of there? It just doesn't seem, I mean, it just seems the most feasible thing. Just, I don't, she's a good swimmer. You're still in the fucking middle of the ocean. Like, where are you swimming to? There are numerous cases of uh, women just going missing yeah. from cruises. Yeah. And, like, there's been a few where there's camera footage of, like, the boat all hours. Yeah. And you never see them. <sighs> would you do a cruise? I wouldn't want to. I don't think I would either. Trapped on a boat with all that. Like just tons of people, yeah. just everybody drunk off their ass. I see like a lot of comic friends who like go go and they like they work those things. And I've heard some horror stories from them too. Yeah. Like, they, like they sleep like down under in the bowels, like they're in rooms. Sometimes you know the ones I've heard stories from, like you sleep in rooms with no windows. You're just you're stuck on the boat with these people as an entertainment. Like hey. The yeah. Tip last night wasn't very funny about the. You know, I feel like it would be like if if. But yeah, I would want to be on there as a comedian or just a, a passenger. My early twenties, I probably would have, because mm. you just get shit faced. Yeah. But like now, I'd just be so annoyed. Maybe like the Jericho Cruise, just because there's wrestling. There's a wrestling show. I think they stay pretty close to the coast. Yeah. I don't think they're like going out in the fucking international. I don't think it'd be that fun though. Uh, all right, number five. Before we get to a break here. This is one that I've thought about doing a full episode on a few times, and we still might. Uh, but this is going to be most of the information. So, uh, But it's about the Axeman of New Orleans. Uh, they are an unidentified American serial killer that was active in New Orleans, Louisiana, and surrounding communities from May 1918 to October 1919. Press reports during the height of public panic about the killings mentioned similar murders as early as 1911. Uh, the Axeman has never been identified. The murders remain unsolved. Uh, the victims were usually attacked with an axe. Hence, oh, I mean, yeah. hence the name. Uh, the thing is, though, the axes... Ask them a lot of questions. The, thing, the axes always belong to the victims themselves. Oh. So, like, if you had an axe, you were a potential victim. So it was an axe salesman, then, who knew that these people had Maybe axes. he would sell them the axe and come back. Is axe plural axe, or is it axes? Axis. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Mystery solved? Axi. Axi. <laughs> uh, in most cases, a panel on a back door of a home were remo- was removed by a chisel, uh, which along with the panel was left on the a floor near the chisel? door. The intruder then attacked one or more of the residents with either an axe or a straight razor. The crimes were not oh. motivated, motivated by robbery, and the perpetrator never removed items from the victims' homes. I think in ways I want to die, axe is, like, right there, like, my least wanted Probably ways. not fun. Like, set on fire and axed, I think, would probably be my two least favorite ways to yeah. die. Set on fire, drowning. Yeah, and then axed. Yeah. Because unless if it's, like, a super sharp axe, Straight and they go right to the next. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, you're, they're chopping you and just... <laughs> I don't need all that. <laughs> I don't need any of that. So the majority of the victims were Italian immigrants or Italian Americans, uh, which led many to believe that this was eth- about ethnically motivated. Many media outlets sensationalized this aspect of the crimes, even suggesting Aspects. mafia involvement, despite any lack of evidence, or despite lack of any evidence. Some crime anal- analysts have suggested that the killings were related to intercourse and that the murderer was perhaps a sadist. Uh, 
criminologist Colin and Damon Wilson hypothesized that the Axeman killed male victims only when they obstructed his attempts to murder women, uh, supported by cases in which the women of the household was murdered but not the man. A less plausible theory is that the killer committed the murders in an attempt to promote jazz music, suggested by a letter attributed to the killer in which he stated that he would spare the lives of those who played jazz in their homes. This is his letter. Uh, it's apparently from hell, because it starts hell, March 13th, 1919. Esteemed mortal is who it's addressed to. All right. They have never caught me and they never will. They have never seen me for I am invisible. Even as the ether that surrounds your earth, I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, majesty Francis Joseph, etc. I don't know what that is all about. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it would better, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all the harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in a close relationship with the Angel of Death. Now, to be exact... They fucking? <laughs> they fucking. Damn! Now, to be exact, at 12.15 a.m. on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full, full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night will get the axe. Well, as I am, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, and it is about time I leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee, I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fantasy. Signed, The Axeman. Okay, so, it's a guitar player for a jazz band who's tired of not getting booked because the guitar is also called an axe. And he just is trying to get his band booked, so he fucking chops up a couple people. Probably because he's high, because you know all those jazz musicians... Be high on one thing. All smoking the jazz grass. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. what I think they call it. Or maybe it. even heroin too. You know, I think heroin and jazz go yeah, hand in hand. Yeah, I think so. So I'm not. I'm not just saying weed. Maybe, maybe some any. It's um, just whatever kind of drug. But yeah, that's. Now here's the thing, though. Okay. So that was going to be March 19th. On the night of March 19th, all of New Orleans's dance halls were filled to capacity, where professional and amateur bands played jazz. 
all night long. All around town. There were no murders that night. Uh-huh. So. And is there like a, I wonder if that's something in New Orleans now where like every March 19th, like. They just jazz it up. Yeah, there's like a jazz fest in New Orleans. I wonder when that is and if that comes I think they just keep it going 24-7 these days. Yeah, New Orleans be keeping it going. They're like, if we always have jazz music playing, this demon will stay away. What if someone like misunderstood and they said it said jizz? So they're just like jerking off all night, just covering themselves in jizz. He's like, I won't be axed tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It's worked every night so far for the past 12 years. (laughs) I'm dumb. It's the excuse some husband, like some husband, gives his wife to get laid. Yeah, honey, he says if you're I'm trying to jizz, keep the axe man away. Yeah, from us. you're not gonna get axed. So, so what that mouth do? All right, well, we're gonna take a quick little jazz break. Uh, jazz, J A Z Z, whatever. Jazz. We're gonna take some form of a break, and we'll be right back oh, with the break. with the rest of this list. Uh, there's five more. And we are back. All right, so our next our next story uh, happened just up the road from us, a couple hours in Columbus, Ohio, and it happened in a place that you and I have been to. Oh, what? Uh, I don't think we did this though. No, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, so we're going to talk about the disappearance of Brian Schaefer. He was a medical student at the Ohio State University College of Medicine. I've never been there. <laughs> Not there. And on the night of March 31st, 2006, he went out with his friends to celebrate the beginning of spring break. Uh, later, he was separated from them, and they assumed he had gone home. Uh, however, a security camera near the entrance to a Columbus bar recorded him briefly talking to two women just before 2 a.m. on April 1st. And then apparently re-entering the bar without any evidence of him ever leaving that bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has not been seen or heard from since. Uh... The case, the disappearance has been especially puzzling to investigators since there were no other publicly accessible entrances or exits to the bar at that time. Columbus police have several theories about what happened. Uh, they killed him, chopped him up, and served him to the patrons of the bar. Possibly. Uh, foul play has been suspected. Uh, it's also speculated that he might be alive and living somewhere else under a new identity. He grew up in Pickerington, Ohio, All right. right outside of Columbus. Yeah. He was the eldest of two sons uh, to his parents, Randy and Renee Schaefer. He graduated from a local high school in 97, went to Ohio State University. I graduated from Ohio High School in 97. So there's another connection. Yeah. We've both been there. You graduated from a high school in 2007. In Ohio. In Ohio. Yep. Uh, so during his time at medical school, he'd become romantically involved with another medical student, Alexis Wagner. She, along with her families and friends, Believe that Brian would probably be proposing marriage to her later in 2006, most likely on a trip to Miami. The couple had planned for spring break at the beginning of April. Uh, tropical locations such as Miami were attractive to Schaefer. He liked the relaxed lifestyle. I bet it was at Universal Studios, right when the jaw shark comes out of the water. I proposed to Tim when that happened. Really? Yeah. Nice. The old couple that was on the boat with us were very confused by what happened. <laughs> 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 what are my boys? What's one out of a vagina? Tim said yes. Oh, so yeah, technically good. we are engaged. Oh, nice. That's so, also from Mall Rats. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so his real ambition was to start a band playing music uh, in the vein of Jimmy Buffett. So, but. R.I.P. Yeah. JB. 
But on March 31st, uh, classes at OSU ended for spring break. Schaefer uh, and his friends, you know, they went out to they went out to party that night. Let their hair down a little bit. They went to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Okay. Now that is when we went to the. Uh, it was like a horror film festival that she was so pretty. Oh yeah. Two was being played in. Uh huh. That ugly bar, Ugly Tuna Saluna. Is you know the escalators that we had to go up, yep. or the stair, or uh-huh. an escalator? Yeah, it was an escalator. So when you get to the top of that, we went left to the theater. The ugly tuna saluna is right there. I remember that at the place. top. Yeah. So that's where he was. Oh, he was there. Uh, and security cameras see him coming up the escalator. Yeah. They see him out there, like on that little like upper level. So you're saying someone saw me on that escalator that night? On <laughs> yeah, we're we're on that camera Man, too. Man, that was that was a hell of a deep scratch I had there. But keep going. Uh, so he goes there. They, him and his friends, you know, they they get some drinks. Um, after midnight, uh, uh, that's where they they head to this place. Uh, or they had left that place, went uh-huh. to some other bars in the area, then they come back after midnight. Uh, so. And that part of Ohio, yeah, I'm sure all of it's in their surveillance cameras. Because it's just all like that downtown. Yeah, college town. District, what's it called? The arena district? Yeah, the arena district. I think district. so, yeah. yeah. So after midnight, Schaefer and Florence, uh, that's, uh, let's see, who's Florence? Uh, the girlfriend? No, it's his buddy, William okay. Florence. Uh, so after midnight, Schaefer and Willie. Florence met Meredith Reed, another fr- a friend of Florence, in the short north. Reed in the short north. Yeah. Uh, Reed gave them a ride back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna, where they had started the night, and joined them there for the last round. While the three were there, Schaefer separated from his companions. Florence and Reed attempted to find him, repeatedly calling him. They left with other patrons when the bar closed at 2 a.m., waiting outside for Schaefer. Uh, he wasn't amongst the departing crowd. They assumed he must have just slipped out at some point, gone back to his apartment without letting Irish them know. goodbye, they call that. Yeah. Uh, Wagner and Schaefer's father both tried to call him later that weekend, but he did not answer. On Monday morning, he missed the flight to Miami that he and his uh, you know, girlfriend had scheduled long before. He was then reported missing to the Columbus police. Uh, police began their search for Schaefer at the Ugly Tuna Saluna, uh, where he had been last seen. Since the area around South Campus Gateway was somewhat blighted with a high crime rate at that time, the bar had installed security cameras. They reviewed footage, which showed Schaefer, Florence, and Reed going up an escalator to the bar's main entrance. Uh, Schaefer was seen outside of the bar around 1.50 a.m., talking briefly with two young women and saying goodbye, then moving off camera in the direction back into the bar. Uh, The camera never recorded him leaving, though, Hmm. when the bar closed. And this was the last time he was ever seen. And there's no other, you know, there wouldn't be any doors because it's like up there, up those stairs. And, yeah. Huh. So it's possible investigators thought that maybe he could have changed his clothes in the bar or put on a hat and kept his head down. Uh, yeah, if you have a hat in your head down, <coughs> you're unrecognizable. You're unrecognizable. He might have also left the building by another route. However, the building's only other exit, a service door not generally used by the public, opened at the time onto a construction site that officers believed would have been difficult to walk through while sober, much less intoxicated. Uh, which I think when we were there, they were doing construction on That's that. always yeah, yeah. construction. Uh, Columbus has the most security cameras of any city in Ohio. Uh, so they started looking for footage from other bars in the area to see uh, if they could find them. Uh, but they never found any trace of them. Um, they searched nearby dumpsters, uh, 
you know, ask the residents if they had seen anything, put flyers up everywhere. He had a tattoo on his upper right arm of the stick figure logo from the cover artwork for the single of Alive by Pearl Jam. Uh, They could not get any. They searched sewers, but no information was uncovered. Uh, Outside of his apartment, which was six blocks from the bar, his car was still parked outside. Hmm. Nothing inside was uh, amiss. After searching miles away from the ugly tuna saluna in every direction, police begin to consider other possibilities besides an accident or foul play. Uh, since his mother had recently died, it was speculated he had gone away temporarily to grieve in solitude, uh, but there's no evidence of that either. Uh, those who had seen Schaefer that evening, including his father, were asked to take lie detector tests. He and Reed passed theirs, as did others. Uh, Florence, however, refused to take one. Oh, the two women Brian had last seen talking to were later identified. They said in 2019 they had never been asked to take one themselves. Wagner called Schaefer's phone every evening before going to bed for a long time after the disappearance. Usually it went to voice, voicemail, but one night in September it actually rang three times. Uh, she says, I kept calling it to hear it purely because it was one of the best sounds I've ever heard. Uh, even if no one pick, picked up, like I'm assuming just his voice on the voicemail. Yeah. Um, so when it actually rang through the one time, uh, they police think that it may have been like a glitch. Yeah, or maybe someone else was calling the phone at the same time. Something. A ping from the phone was detected at a cell tower in Hilliard, 14 miles northwest of Columbus. I've done comedy in Hilliard. Uh, so they've gotten a lot of tips throughout the years of uh, um, sightings, but nothing's ever really come, you know, they don't have any real That's information. Weird that they don't have any footage of him leaving. Yeah, I mean... I mean, maybe he did, like, put on a hat and kept his head down, but you would still think that... I don't know. Like, they would still be like, oh, look at that guy with the hat looking down. Like, let's follow him. Or get, see... if you, the next camera. And, if you see somebody that looks like it, maybe it is him trying to hide who he is. See if you can find that person coming up. Yeah. yeah. You know, eliminate it that way. So... He did. Yeah. He's most, but... Who knows what the fuck happened? Yeah. Like, like people have said he's maybe up in like a crawl space. Like somebody hit his butt. Who you know? It'd be hard to kill a guy. It would smell. You think you'd smell it? Yeah. yeah so, uh, but it was. I think it's weird that we were like. It's just we were there. It's a place we were there. So like, I know. Like yeah. Like I know. There's no. There's not a lot of places to go. Yeah. So next up, uh, the murders. So we're each other's alibi. Yeah, because we held hands that whole the whole time. Night. Yeah, our pictures of us there though, and it is in front of a bloody back- <laughs> backdrop. Yeah. Uh, next up is the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German, aka the Delphi murders. This is one we're probably going to end up doing a full episode for because there's a shitload of okay stuff for this. Uh, Delphi for life. <laughs> so. On February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2017, the bodies of Abigail Williams, uh, these girls were, Abigail was 14, she wasn't, yeah, she was not quite 14, she was 13, and Liberty German, she was 14, uh, were discovered near the Monon High Bridge Trail, part of the Delphi Historic Trail's. Oh, I thought it was like a sorority, Delphi. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. Delph- Delphi, Indiana? Delphi, Indiana? Uh, they had disappeared from a trail that previous day. Uh, so at 1.35 p.m. on February 13, 2017, 13-year-old Abigail 
Abby Williams and 14-year-old Liberty German were dropped off by German's older sister, Kelsey, on County Road 300 North, east of the Hoosier-Heartland Highway. The girls were hiking on the Monon High Bridge over Deer Creek among Woodland and remote Deer Creek Township. At 2.07 p.m., German posted a photo of Williams walking the bridge. After this, they were not heard from again. They were reported missing at 5.30 p.m. after they had failed to meet German's father at 3.15 p.m. The families initially searched for the girls themselves before calling the police. Authorities who quickly searched the area did not initially suspect foul play in the disappearance. However, this changed when the bodies of the girls were found around noon the next day, about a half a mile east of the abandoned bridge. Uh, the bodies were found on the north bank of Deer Creek. Uh, the police have not released details of how the girls were murdered. As early as February 15, 2017, Indiana State Police began circulating a still image of an individual reportedly seen on the bridge trail near where the two girls were slain. The grainy photograph appears to capture a Caucasian male, hands in pocket, head down, walking on the rail bridge towards the girls. A few days later, the person in the photograph was named the prime suspect in the double homicide. On Feb- February 22nd, law enforcement released an audio recorded during which the voice of the suspect, although muffled, is hard to, is hard to say, down the hill. Uh, this was on German's smartphone. Oh. Um, so she had apparently, like, when this guy approached them or whatever, she had, like, hit pulled record up her, yeah, or pulled something. Yeah, pulled up her camera, video camcorder part app. Uh, police indicated that additional evidence from the phone had been secured but would not release further details so as not to compromise any future trial. Uh, there was a reward offered in the case set at $41,000. On July 17th, police distributed a composite sketch of someone sought as a person of prime interest in the murders. Uh, the sketch was apparently created from eyewitness accounts of a hiker on the trail that day. On April 22nd, 2019, Indiana State Police announced a new direction in the case and release a new sketch of the suspect while urging the public to look at the sketch, listen to the audio, watch how the man walks on the bridge, and send tips to a tip line email. Uh, they said that they uh, believe the suspect might be hiding in plain sight and was almost certainly familiar with the Delphi area. That probably lived there, worked there. Uh, an additional plea was made for help in identifying the driver of a vehicle left abandoned off the Hoosier Highland Highway uh, between noon and 5 p.m. on the day of the murders. Um, on October 26, 2022, a suspect was taken into custody and appeared in court on October 28th. On October 31st, 2022, Indiana State Police announced that the suspect had been charged with two counts of murder in the case. He has pleaded not guilty. His trial, originally scheduled to start May- March 20th, 2023, has been postponed until later in the year. I believe it is maybe... St- I don't know if it's even started yet, because there's a bunch of stuff coming out yeah. right now. Like, there's new stuff coming out right now that's putting a lot of doubt into a lot of this. Uh, according, or on November 29, 2022, Judge Francis Gall issued an order to unseal the probable cause affidavit that led to the suspect's arrest. According to the redacted document, video footage recovered from German's phone showed one of the victims, vic- victims mentioning gun as a man wearing a dark jacket and jeans approached them and ordered them to go down the hill. Investigators believe the suspect is the man seen in that video. Uh, investigators also found a 40 caliber unspent round less than two feet from one victim's body, but between the two victims. It was later determined that the round came from a gun owned by the suspect. 
A witness said she saw a man walking away from the bridge wearing a blue collar jacket and blue jeans and was muddy and bloody. Another witness and tip mentioned that a car was parked oddly and appeared to be parked in a way as if to hide its license plate. Uh, investigators said the description of the vehicle matched a vehicle that the suspect owned in 2017. Um, so as of right now, like I said, they still, there's new stuff coming out where like, don't know if this is a guy. One guy got himself involved in this. Uh, he constantly kept like, uh, uh, reporting stuff or following or whatever. And it turned out that, uh, so he ended up getting arrested later for child uh, pornography. Yeah. Uh, he had, the reason he even really became a suspect, like I said, his own involvement in the case where he kind of put himself in there, but he also had communicated with one of the two girls uh, previously. Like online or yeah. something. Yeah. So, Creep. yeah. And so he ended up getting himself busted and good. Good, yeah. Uh, but people would still think he may be a suspect in this. Even though it seems like he's more likely just a fucking loser that preys on people online. Yeah. Probably has some ima- imaginary relationship with one of the girls. And yeah. Just... Uh, it's a very... The, there's You can find the uh, picture of the guy. I think I've seen something about this. And then you you can hear the audio of Down the Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, scary, man. Dropping your kids off like that to hike. And... I know. Mm. Yeah. Um... Next up is the M Cave and the unexplained disappearance of Kenny Veach. Uh, he's all, he was a YouTuber known by Snakebit McGee. Oh. He disappeared while hiking in the Mojave Desert in 2014. Uh, he made himself known online after posting a comment on a YouTube video titled Son of an Area 51 Technician, in which he claimed to have found a strange cave shaped like a capital M while hiking near the Nellis Air Force. That caused his body to vibrate and gave him a feeling of dread. But then he said, his comment was, That ain't nothing. I'm a long-distance hiker. One time during one of my hikes out by Nellis Air Force Base, I found a hidden cave. The entrance to the cave was shaped like a perfect capital M. I always enter every cave I find. But as I began to enter this particular cave, my whole body began to vibrate. The closer I got to the cave entrance, the worse the vibrating became. Suddenly, I became very scared and hightailed out of there. That was one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. In late 2014, these words were posted to a YouTube video. Uh, Like I said, it was Kenny Veach using the screen name Snakebit McGee. Uh, Unbeknownst to him at the time, his comment would set in motion a series of events that would lead to one of Nevada's most puzzling urban urban legends. Kenny's comment sparked interest like wildfire. After posting his original comment, several YouTube users encouraged him to seek out the cave and enter it again. This Don't time, be a pussy! <laughs> this time they asked for him to document this and provide evidence of the yeah. discovery, and he obliged. He set off to find the mysterious cave for a second time, armed with a 9mm handgun and a video camera. Upon his return, he posted a video of his discoveries. Uh, much to the dismay of those following his claims, he was unable to locate the cave, and the video didn't seem to reveal any clues to the mysterious M-Cave he discru- discussed in the original comment. His video was met with a lot of criticism, and YouTube commenters, you know, they're always Fair great, balance. nice folks. Sure, yeah. Never... Understanding. Yeah. Never do anything awful. So they did encourage him and provoke him to try for a third time to seek the cave out. He again said, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, it, 
But somebody followed that up and with a comment saying, no, do not go back out there. If you find that cave entrance, don't go in. You're not going to get out. Hmm. On November 10th, 2014, he set off on what would be his last hike. He told his family he was going for a short overnight trip, though he never returned. Uh, Kenny was not new to hike desert Kenny. hiking or spelunking. He claims to have hiked extensively in the area, even leaving several YouTube comments on the Area 51 video detailing his experience. Uh, he says, I solo hike across mountaintops that most people wouldn't dare go. I have been in more caves than I can count. I play with rattlesnakes for fun. But this one particular cave was beyond anything I'd ever encountered. In another comment, he added, I have been doing this sort of thing for over 20 years. I go where no one goes, and I never take anyone with me. I find skulls of all shapes and sizes, and occasionally I find really old animal traps. I hike over mountaintop after mountaintop and sleep on peaks under the stars. Sometimes I have to scale giant cliffs to get myself out of a jam, but I always make it back. I'm beat up and tired, and my pain is almost always heavier than when I left. I had to be rescued only one time by a helicopter. I had blown out my left leg at the top of a mountain, and I only had a cup of water left to get me 20 miles back to my truck. It was over 100 degrees out that day, so I have a very good safety record. Uh, there are you, there are people that like I don't know if his videos are still up. But uh -huh. I've watched videos of this guy. Uh, he has videos of him in caves and stuff, and like he, I mean, see, from what I can tell, seems to be very good at caving. Yeah. Uh, he's been in like some of the videos. He's in some like fucking narrow ass caves. Oh, and, that like, shit makes me. Yeah. No, freak thank you. Out. No thanks. I've seen some of that where they just have to like crawl and squeeze their way, and they're barely stuff. able to. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, in the beginning of the M-Cave hike video he posted before his disappearance, he is standing behind an abandoned mine shaft, narrating some information about the cave he's seeking out. It was there that on November 22, 2014, search and rescue volunteers found his cell phone, indicating that he had, in fact, gone out searching for the cave again. Uh, after his cell phone was found, the trail would unfortunately go cold. Kenny was never found, leading many to speculate how he died. Um, some people think maybe he fell down that mine shaft. Uh, some think that there, you know, he was near area 51. So I think maybe military got him. Yeah. Uh, maybe there is something weird about that cave and he found it and never came back. Uh, but some, a woman claimed to be his girlfriend posted the following comment on his M cave hike video. She says, I am the girlfriend that Kenny spoke of in the video. There are so many posts. I had no idea until a friend let me know. So many people are wondering what happened and guessing different things. You are heartfelt about the sadness around what has happened with Kenny. He has not been found, and I feel that probably never will be found for many, many months, if ever. I want to share what I know and feel about what happened so that you might bring some closure and understanding in your own lives. He loved hiking. Uh, he would sometimes hike for over nine hours a day. We found a... Many abandoned mining towns, usually referred to as ghost towns. We explored many caves and mine shafts. We were always careful how we explored them, but Kenny was more daring than I was. We wore snake guards, some protected clothing, used walking sticks, brought enough water. I want you to know that I do not think Kenny had an accident. I believe he committed suicide. Oh. He battled depression for many years and would not take medication or see a doctor. He quit his job a little more than a year before he disappeared. Uh, the search for him was started within a couple of days of my call. So she believes, um, and she said that um, he didn't take his video camera with him on his last hike. Yeah. So she said she feels like he had no intention he of ever actually. Yeah. yeah. So he still wears his body, wears some of his clothes. I mean, if he's in that mine shaft, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
it is like if you watch the there's some videos of him though and it is creepy to like watch him he seems like a very happy excited to be alive like you know you're a fucking hiker adventurer yeah. he seems like he's full of like adventure yeah uh and then yeah like there's the video of him talking about that cave and he he sounds like he's legitimately like freaked out about Shaking it up. Uh, up. all right number nine this is about scott kleeschalt he was nine years old when he went missing from st charles missouri on june 8th 1988 he was last seen walking down ken drive well i was nine years old in 1988 <laughs> this is you're connected to all of i them. know <laughs> Have you ever been to the M cave? Uh, I am the M you know cave. what an M is, right? A letter. There you go. Oh, shit. Uh, he was last seen walking down Ken Drive towards West Adams at approximately 4.30 p.m. and was never seen from again. Um, he left his home that day. He was headed off to play in the woods. Um <laughs> Times are so different. I know. Like, I did that shit. That's when I was all nine. I did. Yeah, I was going to go play in the woods. Like, if Lou was like, I'm going to go play in the woods, I'm like, the fuck you are? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm coming too. Like, that's all I I mean, did. I trust her, but like, I don't trust anything yeah. else in the world. Who knows what's out there in those woods? Yeah. Uh, so there was a heavy thunderstorm that night. His family thought maybe he had just like ran into one of his friends' houses or something. Uh, but he didn't re- return home that evening. His parents called friends and stuff. Nobody had seen him, so they called the police. Uh, authorities searched the area for him. Um, they searched the woods. They searched the railroad tracks. Uh, some of his friends led searchers to like a, a bunch of caves where they knew like they would all yeah. they all knew these caves. They would kind of play near him. Fucking nine years old. Yeah. Uh, streams were dredged in the look, but nothing. His body was never found. Um, on June tenth, two days after, which is this is. Two days after he disappeared, the search was called off. Oh, we tried, guys. Yeah, two, two days. days. I mean, what do you want to do? Yeah. Three days? <laughs> what? And then what? Four? <laughs> no. Where does it end? He's nine years old. Where does it? He's end? gone. So it ended two. <laughs> uh, investigators began investigating a man named Michael Devlin in 2007 for the possible involvement in Scott's disappearance. Uh, on January 12, 2007, Sean Hornbeck, a 15-year-old boy who had been missing since 2002, and William Ownby, a 13-year-old boy who had been abandoned, abducted four days earlier, were found alive in Devlin's home. Devlin was considered a suspect in Ownby's disappearance because of his criminal record and because his vehicle matched the description of one scene in the area where he was abducted from. When police entered his home, Sean identified himself, and they found William inside shortly after. Both boys had been held against their will by Devlin who ended up pleading guilty to kidnapping and child molestation. He was sentenced to life in prison. They thought maybe he was linked to Scott yeah. and some other kids. Um, and by October 2017, the, the task force was dissolved, though, after not being able to produce any evidence linking him to other cases. Uh, a weird, weird thing was posted on Reddit in 2016. A Reddit comment on a post titled, uh, there was like a, Reddit post titled to those who have accidentally killed someone, what went wrong? Oh, so somebody replied to that and they say, this still haunts me to this day. As kids, we had a hideout in this dirt cliff. There was a neighborhood kid who in hindsight was probably mentally handicapped in some way, but to us, he was just the weird, creepy kid. This was the eighties and we weren't exactly raised politically correct. Three of us were headed to our base and found a creepy kid sitting at the top in our guard chair. 
We yelled at him to get out, and he said something like, make me, and started lobbing, lobbing dirt clods and sticks down at us. We all ran around the side to make our way up. It gets pretty fuzzy here, but all I remember is he fell. I still remember the sound. When we got back down to check on him, he was in a very awkward position with blood coming out of his mouth. We all just freaked out and ran home, and as far as I know, no one has spoken a word of this to anyone. We didn't go back for over a month and never said a word of it between us. Again, this was the 80s, so media wasn't like today. Chances are it got a small article in the newspaper B section or something like that. Um, some people started digging around this person's profile because uh, he had made other comments yeah. on other things. So uh, with him saying it was the 80s and all this and, you know, the kid, like it kind of matched Scott's description. They figured out that uh, he had mentioned in a previous post on another completely different post a TV show that only aired in the St. Charles area, uh, which would have made him another user found the age of this previous of this uh, uh, person that posted this, and he would have been about eleven at the time of the incident. So uh, the the poster would have been about eleven, about right? same age. Okay, yeah. He's in the exact exact same area, St. Charles. Yeah. Uh, so because I think if it would have been the guy that had the other two boys, even if he would have killed him, I felt like he would have some sort of souvenir. Yeah. That they would have found pictures. Have he would have had kept something. Uh, police looked into the uh, post on Reddit. That post, the confession post, was deleted almost right after making it. Um, the police can't find anything where, like, they never really could. So Scott's never been found to this day. Huh. Um, and if it's out in the woods like that, animals probably got to him or... Yeah. But still, you figure, I know they only searched for two days, but, like, if kids can find this spot in the woods, why you would can't think, adults? Again, they're two days. Yeah. Like, you know. So, I mean, it sounds like the Reddit post, like, yeah, like you said, this kid could have, you know, fallen out of this tree... Because that was us in the 80s. I used to fucking play in the woods all the time. Yeah. Like you said, you too. I mean. And if you would have fallen and like. Climbing, yeah. Gotten really hurt where you couldn't walk or died. I could see you just be like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And let's not. Let's not get in trouble. get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. 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 My kid, whatever. That weird kid. Fuck, man. That sucks, but let's not. I'm not going to get in trouble over him. All right. Our last one for today is a short one, and it's just a weird one. Okay. And it's just kind of a. Leaves us on a good note. Because we've talked about a lot of disappearances and stuff. So this is about the Capitol Hills mystery soda machine. Oh. <laughs> so in uh, the 90s, <clears throat> starting in the 90s, uh, there was a vending machine in Capitol Hill, Seattle, Washington. Uh, and it had like a Coke label on it. But all of the buttons, all the choices... Yeah. Um all had little, like, custom-made mystery tags with, like, little question mark and then mystery and, like, letters. And so you didn't know what you are going to get. Uh, the drinks were o- were almost always uh, drinks that were, that were unavailable in the United States or had not been in circulation since the 80s. So huh. flavors like Mountain Dew Whiteout, Raspberry Flavored Nesty Brisk, Hawaiian Punch, Grape Fanta, uh, the owner of the business closest to the machine, a locksmith, claimed to have no knowledge of who operated it. Uh, nobody ever knew who stocked it. It was always stocked, though. Yeah. But nobody ever saw anybody stocking it. Nobody ever saw, you know, people coming, getting changed it back out of it. Yeah. yeah. 
so it was there from early 90s until 2018. Wow. Uh, so January 2018, the same month Seattle passed a sugary drink tax, the cost for a drink from the machine rose. So it was still there. They passed this tax, and somebody went out, and they changed the price from 75 cents to a, to a dollar. Yeah. And June 18th, the machine disappeared. And by this time, there was a Facebook page for the machine somebody had made. And somebody posted to that, uh, that Facebook page, going for a walk, need to find myself, maybe take a shower even. Uh, there was a note taped to the rail near where the machine used to be that just said, went for a walk. Uh, during that time, the soda machine's Facebook page featured humor- humorous photoshopped image of the soda machine in a forest and at Machu Picchu. The machine briefly reappeared in the nearby city of Shoreline in October of 2022, and it it disappeared once more by December of that same year. So just this random little mystery. Just having harmless fun. Just harmless fun. Sounds like. But it's just such a weird... Yeah. How did no one ever... Like, just sit there and stake it out. I I would have to. Set a camera. If this was, like, in 2018, they had the the technology. If this was in Parkersburg, like, we would have to, like, just sit and, like, yeah, do a stake out one night. Yeah. But yeah, I just find it, and it's just so weird that it's like out of it's like such a weird odd drinks that you couldn't get in America. Yeah. <laughs> it's just somebody that I guess was just kind of like weird bored. and or, yeah, bored. bored and just wanted to. I mean, it's harmless fun though. Yeah, yeah. So huh? Uh, I'm gonna start looking for weird vending machines now. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the first ten. We're gonna get into a lot uh, weirder as we go down this iceberg. <laughs> A lot weirder, uh, stranger things. Like I said, I'll post the link to this iceberg. There's thousands of things on it. Um, way too many for us to cover. Uh, but yeah, for the next, so for the next, f- we'll have four more of these to hit right. our hit our fifty. So cool. Uh, all through October, we'll probably also do maybe some bonus episodes of movie movie yeah, review we, horror we reviews. Movie, horror review. Yeah. So uh, it is that time of year. I'm pumped. I have some VHS. Do you? They're coming back. Are they coming back? Yeah, we'll do a horror review of one of them. It's about time that I start watching horror movies every night again. Yeah. It's that time of year. I love it. Uh, But until then, if you have any uh, suggestions for horror movies you want us to review, let us know. Yeah. Joel probably has it. One of us probably has it on VHS. Probably. Joel has like 1,200. They're coming back. They're coming back. (laughs) They're coming back. (laughs) All right. Tell us what your favorite VHS is. Yeah. And if you VHS tape. And if you think VHS are coming back. They're coming back. Are they coming back? Yes. All right. Let us know. All right. In the comments. Bye. Thanks. Bye.